My name is Patricia Kathleen, and this podcast series will contain interviews I conduct with women, female-identified, and non-binary individuals regarding their professional stories and personal narrative as it relates to their perspective. This podcast is designed to hold a space for all individuals to learn from their counterparts, regardless of age, status, or industry. We intend to transparently investigate the evolving global dialogue regarding underrepresented figures in all industries across the USA and abroad. By hosting these stories and conversations, we aim to contribute to the changing platform and representation of these individuals for the future. If you're enjoying this podcast series, be sure to check out our subsequent series called Roundtable with Patricia Kathleen, where we talk with a panel of guests regarding key topics that arise in these individual interviews. You can subscribe to all of our podcast series on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean, as well as our website, patriciacathleen.com. You can also contact me directly via this website or through my media website, wild.agency. That's W-I-L-D-E dot agency. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the conversation. Hi everyone and welcome back. This is your host Patricia and today I am sitting down with Janice V. Rodriguez. Janice is the founder of Adelante Live, that's A-D-E-L-A-N-T-E-L-I-V-E.com and you can find it online. It's an event marketing agency and I'm so excited to kind of pepper and get in throughout um, her agency as well as her career. Welcome Janice. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, Everyone listening, I'm going to read a bio on Janice, but before I do that, I am first going to give you a roadmap. Today's podcast is going to follow the same trajectory as all of them in this particular series. We will first look at Janice's academic background and early professional life. Then we will turn to unpacking um, her current company and other endeavors in regards to Adelante Live and um, some of the other comedic work that she does. And we'll get into like the nuts and bolts of who, what, when, where, and why with all of those endeavors. Um, Namely, Janice is also involved in Las Locas Comedy. Um, You can find that at laslocascomedy.com. So we'll look at some of those other endeavors. And then we'll turn our attention towards goals that Janice may have um, for the next three years regarding all of her current um, work endeavors and passion projects. And then we'll wrap everything up with advice that she has for those of you who may be looking to get involved with her or emulate some of her success. A quick bio on Janice before I start asking her some questions. Uh, Janice V. Rodriguez is a Chicago-based entrepreneur and comedian. As president of Adelante Live, Inc., um, a nationwide event marketing agency celebrating its 15th year in business, Janice uses her years of experience in the modeling and marketing industries to oversee an agency that focuses on developing, executing, and managing live marketing programs by leveraging forward-thinking technology. In 2017, Janice, a self-proclaimed workaholic, decided to strike a better work-life balance by allowing herself the time to do the one thing she always wanted to try, stand-up comedy. Today, Janice performs at showcase and comedy clubs. Um, she, per- she performs at staircases and comedy clubs across the country. She has also been invited to perform at several comedy festivals, such as Chicago Women's Funny Festival, she Dot Toronto, Lady Laughs Madison, and Laugh Fest Grand Rapids. Janice is also the founder and producer of Las Locas Comedy, a comedy showcase that features Latina Latin X 
comedic talent, and other favorite locas of any background. Las Locas Comedy recently celebrated their third year anniversary. Please visit um, Janice V. Rodriguez for future performance dates. So I'm so excited, Janice, to crawl into everything that you're doing with um, um, Adelante Live and Las Locas Comedy and everything else. But before we get into that, I'm hoping that you can kind of paint a brief picture of your academic background and early professional life for everyone listening. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much. It's so funny to kind of hear somebody kind of sum up my life in a quick little paragraph. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. was, that was it. I wrote that. So nice, nice little summary. And um, yeah, so my uh, original background, I um, born and raised in Northwest Indiana, um, right outside of Chicago, um, and then went and got my undergrad at Indiana University which is in Bloomington, Indiana. So um, I have a bachelor's in marketing. I was in the Kelly School of Business Honors Program, which is kind of an undergrad, like special honors program that's modeled after their MBA program. But that is where it stops as far as formal education. But I like to say I have a lot of um, school of life and a lot of different work experience that kind of led me to where I'm at, you know, today. So early career was... um, very first job out of college was was marketing promotions, um, very kind of project related. I was kind of more on the like kind of production traffic side, which is a very like kind of niche thing within advertising agencies. Um, and actually while I was there, that's when I got exposed to like a lot of professional photo shoots. Um, and <laughs> actually even prior to that, so when I was still in school, I, um, this is way before that show Entourage came out, but when that came out, I was like, oh, this is what, that's kind of what I wanted to do, which I wanted to be Ari Gold. Um, <laughs> yeah. and so I always wanted to be an agent. I don't know where that even came from because, again, in college, the show came out afterwards. But I was um, – I just wanted to be an agent. I don't know why. I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> um, but I actually wanted to be a literary agent. So um, I was kind of all over the place, and I had some, like, internships lined up. I remember one summer in New York, and, like, things didn't um, – come together, but I kind of never let that go. So when I got the job in Chicago, um, and kind of came back home, then started kind of helping out at these different photo shoots. I was like, oh, I really do like this. And kind of on a whim, just like set my resume out to the acting and like modeling agencies in Chicago. And Mm -hmm. um, Marie Anderson, uh, she actually discovered uh, Cindy Crawford. Um, She um, at the time had Aria Model and Talent, which is now Ford. Um, they had merged. Um, so that's another story that'll come up. But long story short, I became a commercial print agent um, at a very young age. I was like 22 years old. And I worked a lot with actors and what we call the real people models. I always said the people who were holding the cell phone. Uh-huh. So that's kind of how that started and did that for about three years. And then the kind of impetus, if you will, to, to change a kind of strike on my own was when the merger happened. And um, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with everything. So I kind of had a, like a quarter life crisis around that time. I was like 24, 25. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was first exposed to experiential marketing too, and like trade shows. So we were getting calls for that. And it seemed like there was this other like niche, like industry starting um, which is what we now call like experiential marketing and promotional modeling, brand ambassadors, things like that. I understand that at that agency, that wasn't going to fit in there. They were a very high fashion um, agency and just the rates didn't work out because, you know, for for on camera and for print, the rates are much higher. Mm-hmm. So when that started happening, 
Um, I kind of noticed that, but I was like, you know what? I think I want to make a change. Kind of had my little quarter life crisis, went to Puerto Rico for a couple months. And then when I came back, started freelancing on my own as a brand ambassador, as a market manager, as a trade show kind of narrator. Did I'm you sorry, have industries? Today. Mm -hmm. Did you have industries specifically that you um, that you kind of cater towards? I mean, I would think when people freelance, it seems like the Wild mm -hmm. West unless you have a niche or something that you're more comfortable with. Right. Well, I would say um, I was I did auto, so I went on the auto um, tour for like uh, um, you know the auto show mm -hmm. tour. I worked for, directly for Mazda. So they call that a product specialist. But I also like went on the road and drove a hot pink BMW around the country <laughs> for a chic for a couple of months. Um, so no, it was, I mean, I crossed all different industries, you know, from consumer products to auto to, um, you know, beer, wine, and spirits. And that all kind of laid the foundation. That plus being an agent and booking people and matching people to brands previously that all came together to get me to start Adelante Live. And let's get into Adelante Live. When was it launched? Were you um, the only founder? Did you have a co-founder and did you take any funding for the launch? Great questions. No, I am I am the only founder, um, quite honestly, initially, because every there was a lot of kind of freelance, um, you know, 1099 work. Um, I knew this from working with models that, you know, you got to be careful that 1099, 15% self-employment tax. This is me. This is how I think. So yeah. it was more of a initial corporation, more for me, just to like make sure I wasn't um, paying too much in tax liability. And then just to kind of also let my clients know, hey, I'm a corporation. You don't have to, you know, employ me, et cetera. People started asking me, hey, can you staff this? You know, people. And I did obviously from my previous job and meeting people. So I just kind of started creating the agency that way. And quite honestly, as far as initial funding, um, it really, I'm just, I'm really self-funded. I had a kind of personal loan, um, actually from my brother-in-law, um, kind of early on, I paid that back right away, but I've really been self-funded. I, I never took on investors or anything. Nice. And what year, so if, if you're 15 years deep, was this 2005? Absolutely. Yeah. We incorporated November of 04, but I count Jan 1 in 2005 as my start date. And the impetus for the launch was just kind of your, your breadth in the industry and having been out um, freelancing enough and knowing what you were doing. Did you know that you wanted to grow or how, what was the reason for the initial launch? I, I kind of saw the need like for this live marketing that was happening, which became experiential. I think initially everyone was like events and brand ambassadors and, you know, they even called it promotional modeling. So I kind of saw that coming. Um, my uh, boyfriend at the time was not my husband. He was um, in the industry um, as more of a client. So he had previously worked with a lot of tobacco clients and it seemed like they were always like hiring these like short-term, these short-term projects, really special events. And sometimes they needed the pretty people, but sometimes they needed somebody, you know, to kind of, work on these different projects, in-store retail demos. We've all seen them. We've all seen the kind of lady in the grocery store handing out samples. Um, but I saw that it had really kind of developed since then and the activations were getting more, you know, intense with technology and then the clients wanted more ROI and things like that. So that the industry developed, I mean, you know, that kind of door-to-door, person-to-person selling, that's, you know, obviously classic, right? That's from the beginning mm -hmm. of time. But what we're doing now, um, I feel grateful that I was kind of on the early um, 
kind of trajectory of that. So, and I've seen it grow a lot and change. Because at first people kind of were like, oh, it's an event. So it's just like this fun thing. And, and now it's like, hey, there's, it's a multi-million, maybe even billion dollar industry if you count all events together, which is obviously suffering right now um, tremendously from what's going on. So um, yeah, it's, um, th that was kind of, I just, I just kind of saw that, you know. Yeah, so I'm curious, because you've been in the industry so long, um, and, and as you said, you know, the forecast is, is it's going to change again, but um, the growth, having had your company last over the past 15 years, it seems like, um, well, first of all, there would be a need to pivot as with the advent of things like social media and things of that nature, even change in-person events and things that, you know, you're kind of speaking about. But um, I'm wondering if you can speak to the growth of your company and some of like more of the landmark events that took place where you pivoted and kind of changed um, what you were focusing on or doing. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I, I feel like I grew up in the company with social media, right? I mean, there was a time when um, I think the brands really were trying to control everything. So I remember some uh, clients like, oh, don't have anybody post anything and tell them to take that post down. It was like very strange. I'm like, well, yeah, this is good advertising. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I don't see why not. And this is, looks very organic. I didn't tell them to do anything. The brand ambassadors would be excited. They'd be like, hey, check out this. Um, and I've seen that I've seen that really, really change where they're like, okay, encouraging people to do it, um, whether it's the brand ambassadors um, or they're building this social media um, component into the actual activation, um, either with, you know, your own, use your own device or with, you know, bigger pieces of technology that it's part of the promotion, photo booths or just the iPad with a, you know, special hashtag and a, you know, kind of custom frame and yeah. Instagram this, you know, just different, just different things that kind of keep that in-person activation going. I've seen it, all of it, because I remember when there was none of this. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I remember when there was no Instagram, right? Um, and then it's just like, as the new, kind of the new things pop up, it's like, hey, what are we doing now to kind of keep up? Absolutely. And I mean, and I think that you, you have it right. I think people who stress out too much about the advent of, of new players or technology on the scene are not going to navigate it well, you know, just kind of allowing it to kind of unfold and come along as it will. Um, and clients are the same way, right? You know, people who, who get a little bit too controlled may or may not be suited for um, weathering the storm of, of any new change of the industry, particularly I think when it comes to marketing and advertising and things of that nature. Has like the goal or the focus of what you're trying to do or your target audience, has any of that changed over the past um, decade? I think so. It's, it's grown. Um, and it's, it's changed. I guess, I think the biggest change is the hours ago, which was to um, treat our brand ambassadors as W2 employees. That was kind of a big thing going on. That mm -hmm. was, you know, again, it seems more legal and more payroll related, but it, it actually, it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference on kind of retention of people trying to pull that work consistently versus kind of just filling in and um, you know, with just, I hate saying this, but kind of random people here and there and just creating a little bit more sense of a community around it. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something that I think we, we change. Um, 
Sure. And I'm curious about, like, it seems like you've had a a situation in the past where you stopped and kind of reevaluated um, recently, you know, in 2017, and it yielded Las Locas comedy. And I'm wondering, um, just from, you know, reading a little bit about you and things of that nature, how much is there like kind of a cross pollination, if you will, from Las Locas comedy and into like um, Adelante Live and, and what you do there? Is there any sharing of um, not just talent or information, but even format? Does it help you come up with ideas? as to how to present for Adelante Live, or are they completely separate parts of your life? Oh, that's, that's a really great question. Um, in some ways, they're, they're separate. I would say that I would take more of the, the knowledge that I've gained from Adelante Live, especially when it comes to sponsorships and branding. Um, I was very in creating the brand almost before we had the product. Um, I invested like in the logo and, you know, I already work with the designer that we work with for Adelante and who's done other personal things for me. And it was just really important that the name, the, you know, the, the logo, the, the, the overall branding, making sure we got all of our social media. We did that maybe three to three, six months before we even had a show. So mm-hmm. I was like, wherever this goes, I want, this is the name and this is what I want it to be. So in that respect, yes, understanding that, there's going to be a, 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 a didn't want it to be another kind of comedy show in Chicago because that, I mean, quite frankly, they're a dime a dozen and they're great. And you can see some amazing talent. Um, but I wanted it to be different and special. And I would say also, you know, from the dealing with the counts and then my knowledge of, you know, the beer, wine and spirits industry, you know, now that if we're trying to get, you know, sponsorships, and things like that um, to kind of comedy brand. Um, I kind of know how to have those conversations now and I know how to kind of work with our venues while, while we're doing that. But I see a future where quite honestly, like some of these things might merge a little bit more. Um, a, one of my biggest clients is a company that um, does in-store demos at major retailers for a lot of major beauty brands. And um, I'm not sure how familiar um, you are with the whole beauty influencer Mm-hmm. Sure. Going on. And um, I mean, I'm pretty new to it myself because I'm like, wait, she's 19 and she makes how much millions a year? Okay. <laughs> like what? Who, is this? Who are you talking specifically about? I missed the oh, name. Oh, I couldn't give you the name. There's oh, quite a the few. Oh, the micro influencers um, out there? Yeah. Yeah, but, they're um, game yeah, changers. I'm, I'm going, they're game, oh my God. And I'm sorry, I'm going blank because we did an event with, um, <laughs> oh yeah. God, I'm going blank. I'll, I'll email it to you later because I'm going to remember. But um, yeah, but but she's one of a few who now have their own brand or their own sub brand under like, um, I want to say it was cover girl. And so, I mean, you're seeing these people and you're like, who is that? So they're not only going to like professional makeup artists anymore. They're going directly to these like influencers. Mm -hmm. So just seeing how that all works. And then also trying to see, Hey, is there a, you know, a play here where, you know, now you need really poised. Is there a way to bring fun and levity? And like, is there a way to like our comedians could possibly be involved with this. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of when I, when I like heard about Latina what you were market. doing. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I, would no, say that I, too. Just... I think the Latina Latinx market's been a little bit neglected by the beauty industry. Not a little bit, a lot. <laughs> so I just think there's like some connection there too. I'm still trying to figure all this out. So 
Um, Absolutely. And it sounds like it's happening pretty naturally for you. You're putting yourself on a really great, like natural trajectory. I do think that the new wave, or at least one of the new lenses that um, people are repurposing and repackaging marketing is um, through this like tongue in cheek comedy, you know, yeah, from everything dry from like between the fern style all the way up to just like blatant in your face, like almost Charlie Chaplin slapstick or something. Like, I think that there's Even the airlines, if you will, I was just speaking with a previous podcast host this week um, who we were talking about how, you know, I remember being um, on an Air France flight to to, uh, Paris on Delta and um, the very first time that they had repurposed, you know, that um, kind of boring instructional information on the video in this like tongue in cheek, like comedy manner. And it must have been like the first week they were rolling out and everybody lost their mind. They started laughing so hard. And so I think that um, not only the underserved population of the Latina and like Latinx like individuals and populations, but also this lens of comedy that you have going. I think there there would be an incredible like cross communication happening with um, Adelante Live and like how you're pitching clients and things like that. That um, it sounds like it would service you heavily. I want to know more about the showcase itself, like Las Locas mm-hmm. Comedy. Yeah. Um, can you tell me about like how how many times does it go up um, a, a year? Like your showcase, how, where does it go on usually with production, all of that stuff. Perfect. Yeah. Well, we start off as a monthly and we still are a monthly showcase. Um, people in Chicago don't want to um, be inside in the summer. So we usually, so um, one year we found like a rooftop venue, um, but basically uh, we would kind of take like maybe one or two, maybe July and August off, but it's, it's varied every year. Um, I was lucky enough to, um, my friend owns a wonderful salon um, here in Chicago called Karen Marie Salon. So that was also very unique because that's where we used to have the show. So once nice. a month, usually the second or third Saturday, um, we had there for really long. It's kind of time to move on. I get it. Um, and then we did pop, almost pop up for a whole year. And from a production standpoint, that was difficult for me, obviously. Um, even though I had help, it was kind of me making the negotiations and things like that. And so it got to be a little intense. So just recently, we finally kind of went back to one of the venues and we found a home um, in the Wicker Park neighborhood with a, a bar restaurant called District that's great in the basement. It's like perfectly set up for like a club and it's a perfect, you know, union because they kind of turn into like a lounge club with the DJ um, about 10 and we kind of get in there like from 8 to 9.30 and then, and it's great because we nice. bring in a lot of people. So it's a very mutually uh, beneficial situation. How big is your stand? Um, your I'm to focus lineup? on, mm-hmm, yeah, the lineups. Um, we we vary every time. I usually host, um, but we we vary, and I really try to focus on diversity. I do want to highlight Latina and Latinx, and I do want to you know highlight. Whew, this is where this is where I get um, make sure I get my terms right. Basically, um, female, female identifying, femme, non-binary. So mm-hmm. basically, just non-cis men so there's just um that's that's kind of the focus of the show and um it's been amazing we were invited to steppenwolf um theater which is very famous they had a a special program where they were highlighting um different types of um it's called the lookout series so we did that in 2019 we sold out that was amazing and then like i said we're in our third year we've had a lot of media and press and you know now, unfortunately, I'm lucky to have Adelante live, but there's some natural things happening with Las Locas, but because, you know, um, 
I got the day, the day job, I call it. <laughs> um, yeah. I have to kind of, ba- I have to kind of balance that. So um, it's interesting, but it, I like it. I really like it. And it brings me a lot of personal satisfaction, gives me a creative outlet, but I'm glad that I also know the business side of things so I can be more efficient and um, get things each show like a project. That's where like my project management stuff comes in because I've seen other producers try to do this. I'm like, wait, you got to go in order. You're, you're putting the cart before the horse. You're not, you know, so yes. I, I like that. I'm, I, I take that and so I could treat it very professionally versus like, oh, I'm just going to throw this like little comedy show together. Um, I treat it very seriously. So Absolutely. Well, and it's a, it's a lot of work. You know, I think that the creative outlet um, stands with some of the performance, but you're doing a lot of the back and the behind the scenes, that administrative stuff. That's like, takes a lot of drive, a lot of love for what you're putting on, you know, to kind of hold it together, um, regardless of whether you're not, you have any help. It's, it's a lot of, um, I call it admin work, but stuff that I don't like doing, you know, there's a lot of like, just it little is. particulars and behind the scenes, um, paperwork and, and things to be done for things like that. So it's um, applaudable. I'm wondering over the next, I don't know if you ever look at, I'm sure with Adelante Live you do, or I'm not sure with um, Las Locas Comedy, but um, what you see for the next like one to three years, I don't know if you have like the goal section for Las Locas Comedy set up that way, but typically businesses look at like the next one to three years in a projection sense. I'm wondering if you can speak to goals that you have separately for Adelante Live as well as Las Locas Comedy for the next three years. Yeah, no, that's a really great question. And I don't know um, if you're, are you releasing this kind of soon? Like it's okay if we talk about the coronavirus or do you prefer if we Oh no, yeah, please, uh, by all means. Okay. Because, yeah, I've been on some podcasts. They're like, don't reference, like, current events because, you know, the timing might be off. But that's obviously – this is going to go on for a while. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I would say that I felt very, very good about, like, a three-year – I've actually been recently working with a coach, and I felt um, that was one of our – and we're still still working together, but I felt very strongly that we were doing that three-year, three- to five-year plan and kind of seeing what everything was going to happen. And then our good friend coronavirus hit. So um, this – is thrown things off tremendously. Um, unfortunately, both of my both of my loves, <laughs> um, my career and my passion projects, um, both involved being close to people. So, as mm-hmm. you can imagine, they both have come to a screeching halt. So that has really changed everything. Um, so, to be honest with you, I'm kind of reevaluating and trying to figure out. Okay. Um, when things come back, if they come back, are they coming back double, triple, you know, full tilt? So we're just back to the original goals or are we shifting? Because now our clients are like, Hey, even though the CDC said we can still talk to people, our brands don't want to yet. We're going to go virtual. We're going to do this. So there might be a major shift coming um, for me. And I'm just kind of staying open to it right now um, because I just don't know where this all, this all lands. Um, in an ideal world, I'd be experiencing um, growth. I, I had some some big plans to, you know, we were um, already investing and kind of just finished our, a big kind of um, website rehaul to the, to the scheduling platform that we developed ourselves, um, kind of making a big push into different areas um, in both beauty and, and uh, spirits, wine and beer. So it's just like, honestly, everything is just just like, come mm-hmm. to us, come to a stop on that end. So it's, it's, it's kind of hard. Same with Las Locas. I mean, I can't, 
through a comedy show, you can't be around anybody. So I don't know if that comes back. Is it, you know, when it comes back, is it only 20 people are allowed in the same room? Like, you know, it's just everything's up in the air. Absolutely. But, um, Staying open, yeah. like you mentioned, is key. Sorry, no, I sound sad. <laughs> no, 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 no. I and yeah. that this is the real. That's that's what's going on. We all are, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not affecting my bottom line, and I'm still devastated. I've got ninety percent of my friends are in the service industry, and they're performers and artists that don't know how they're going to make ends meet. It's terrifying, right? You know? No, absolutely. Um, I am wondering, you mentioned having, you mentioned just briefly that you had a coach that you were working on a plan with. Do you have a career, professional or personal coach that you've relied on? And can you speak to kind of some of that, um, like how you've utilized that particular person in your life? I'm sorry, you cut off just a little bit. So you meant how I utilize my coach oh, currently? Yeah, you, you mm-hmm. mentioned yeah. a coach and I don't know if you were talking mm-hmm. about a personal, a life coach, a professional coach, what the label was, but I was just wondering if you could speak sure. to how you've utilized yeah. their help in your um, in your life. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's um, We're talking about everything because it's um, this person works very... Um, and so, you know, when you're as you know, finding and starting your own business and running it, it's going to permeate all sides of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried to build a little bit more of a line that I've had to set some boundaries and I've been bad at bad about that, but I just started kind of getting some more control about that. But this was for me um, investing in it now, which was previous to all this, but kind of looking ahead to 2020 was we on, um, on that three to five year plan, right? And what is what does that mm-hmm. look like? I'm call <laughs> I was just texting my friend who I, I feel horrible. She owns a bar restaurant and it's just like, you know, worse worse, it's really horrible. And um mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, what's what I told her, I'm like, what sucks is that I was like so excited about Janice 3.0. Like <laughs> that's what I was calling <laughs> this this third, this third phase. I was like, what's I was so excited about like figuring out that balance locas was going to become more of like a a business i mean it is but it isn't in some ways Mm -hmm. um and kind of taking that from a hobby to a business or is that you know um but like i said everything kind of came to a screeching halt in that respect so now we're short term and long term and like really just trying to strategize about um what like just scenarios well if a happens in x amount of time um what does that look like you know and and really the nitty gritty, you know, the fun stuff like cash flow projections, and, yeah. you know, um, you know, almost creating our own case studies for ourselves about, you know, um, well, if this were to happen and this were to happen based on previous, what would you need to happen for, you know, thoughts, you know, thought exercises that need to happen, but really need to put them on paper. Um, and that all ties into my personal life. You know, my husband and I work together here at the company. Um, he's instrumental in helping me with, with Oslo blends together. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when you get help on one side, it, it feeds into the other side as well. So I just, I, I kind of, sorry, that was a long winded answer, but basically it's both. Yeah. Because when you're, you're running, you know how it is. <laughs> There's Absolutely. a, it kind of feeds in you're, you're answering emails at midnight, you know? Yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, and given that, and given that you've kind of got this you very knee-deep, you know, experience in what you've done and everything else, I'm curious, barring the kind of unforeseen future, which um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I hold a torch for because I think that there is an opportunity for all of us to 
come out of this um, wiser and hopefully not dead, you know? And so, um, yeah. I know, with my nervous laughter. I was like, first off, let's survive and then let's see what's next. Yeah, I know, exactly. Maybe a little smarter. Um, I'm wondering what advice you can offer. What are the top three pieces of advice you would give like a young um, entrepreneur, a female, female identified, non-binary individual that walked up to you and said, listen, I'm getting ready to kind of go off on my own, do my own gig. And I've got this creative outlet I want to do. And then I also have this business thing that I'm going to work on. What are the top three things, knowing what you know now that you would tell that individual? Wow. Okay. So, I mean, if if somebody who's kind of got the main thing and then it's a side thing or if they're trying to turn the side thing into the main thing. Um, I would kind of say, hey, is there a way to keep your day job? I know that sounds maybe counterintuitive, but it's going to be a minute. You know what I mean? I would say, right. I mean, if they're asking me this right now, like, and I've, and I've seen, um, you know, some entrepreneurs like take other consulting work and things like that because of just the times that we're in. Um, but even like a little bit prior to this. So, you know, the, the economy seemed like it was a little bit of a downturn and certain industries were um, getting hit. I would just be really careful about that. Um, because mm-hmm. sometimes you're able to do it. And if you're able to, is it something that you can work on after after work? You know what I mean? After the, the nine to five, if, if that's the case. And um, sometimes having that peace of mind, you yeah. know, will help you with, with the side gig. But I think you also have to be very, very organized and very, very serious about it. If you, if that's your goal. Um, the next thing I would say is really about, uh, and I was, I was gonna say accounting, not really accounting. I mean, but billing, pricing yourself correctly. I think a lot of times um, women especially um, don't know how to price themselves competitively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Served, we, we give a lot away. And um, something I'm guilty of myself and, you know, a little bit too much people pleasing or thinking you've got to give extra and extra and extra to clients. Yeah. I've heard this say, a lot. Think very, yeah. I would say think very, very specifically about that product mix, that service mix and how you're going to price it and do, do your research and be careful about coming in as that low cost provider. Get out of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've heard that, right? From, from other founders? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, across the board over the past two years, nothing less than 60 times, you know, the, the, one of the earliest mm-hmm. mistakes ever made was that they, um, they gave the, the milk away for free. It was just this idea mm-hmm. of like, and they felt like they had to, and they had to, and then they set up these inappropriate That's relationships with clients where they were producing way too much work for way too little wage. And it was just kind of this expected mm-hmm. nature, you know, and reeling that back in and Absolutely. realizing and it sets that, up this relationship. Yeah. Right. And it's hard to get out of sometimes at that point. Um, so yeah, that would be my, kind of second and third kind of rolled together. I think there's something about women and money. And if I could just get everyone to, I want to shake everyone. I, I'm, I'm a member of the wing here in Chicago too. So I'm, I'm around a lot of, um, you know, uh, female identifying entrepreneurs and business people and creatives kind of all in the same. And, and it's always the same thing about, I don't know if it starts with knowing your value and knowing the value. And even if you're like, okay, internally, I don't know my value. That might be a little more, you know, something yeah. to deal with the therapist on that front, but literally <laughs> like doing the research, you know, asking the right questions and then making sure 
you know, sometimes the best answer is no, you know, Um, but you have to kind of set that up front. And I've heard mm-hmm. that a lot as well. That's kind of the second part of, of that whole, like, I'm, I really mean, honestly, this is a good, is. you know, yeah. F- to be fully transparent. I mean, to a point, cause I hope my clients aren't listening, but um, this is going to be a time that a lot of people I hope use to reevaluate what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Reflection. I'm having a minute. I'm looking at the books. It's tax time. And I'm like, wait a minute, what happened here? Where did this project go? How did we end up spending X and, you know, only, you know, profiting, you know, why this doesn't make sense. So yeah, uh, it's time to do, to do that. And it's, it's important. It should be, I should be doing it more often. I'm sure as most business people should be, um, but we get caught in the day to day of actually doing the work. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I'm really hoping that out of this, you know, tragedy, if you will, we'll, we'll more about people's business, what they're offering and um, kind of what, what they want to do. And that'll, this will give them a chance to maybe reflect on that a little bit. Absolutely. All right. So the top three I've got for you is, is there a way to keep your day job to provide a gentle buffer? Number one, number two, price Mm -hmm. and bill yourself correctly and competitively. And number three, rolling out of that Realize what your talent is worth and um, know your value and function within that. Love it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's all, those, are, those are three awesome ones. I love it. They're very different and they're also kind of always, there's a common mantra amongst everyone that I ask their top three pieces of advice. And um, even though they vary, the tone is always the same, you know, and I don't know. I want to believe that it's because of the the industry and the people that I'm speaking with and um, women and female identified non-binary individuals have fought harder. And um, I don't speak for any of us or all of us, but I do think that there is, there's always a tone of optimism and like hoorah, you know, I really haven't had advice be like, stay away from the boogeyman. Like it's always been this very (laughs) courageous piece of advice. And I love that because advice really can vary. You know, I had a very dry sarcastic grandmother that could have said some pretty mean things when I asked her for advice. So I just love it that everyone comes out of that with this kind of wonderful and yours is, is right on par with the rest, you know, and I love the idea of realizing talent and making sure you value yourself correctly on paper and um, with charges. And then also like, you know, being careful and keeping your day job and keeping a buffer and staying strong within all of that, like everything that you're saying, I totally agree with. We are out of time, Janice, but I want to say thank you so much for talking with us today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule and giving us your very honest candor and, um, and advice. I really appreciate it and stay healthy and uh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And for everyone listening, we've been speaking with Janice V. Rodriguez. You can contact her at adelantelive.com, janicevrodriguez.com, and laslocascomedy.com. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. And until we speak again next time, remember to always bet on yourself. Slunch. Slunch.